You're listening to the Orenda Sports Podcast. It is our mission to showcase the best of Canadian college sports. Have a guest in mind? DM us at Orenda Talent. Now, enjoy the show. What's good, everyone? We're back again with the Orenda Podcast. You're tuning in to the second episode, and I have a very special guest here with me today. Straight out of Toronto, one of SFU's best players, Mr. Othnil Spence. How you doing, brother? How's it going, bro? I'm good. Man, life is good, man. Why don't you walk me through how you're doing mentally and how's everything going through these crazy times? Yeah, so COVID, COVID's been definitely a big adjustment for all of us, I would say. Yeah. Um, but just definitely during this time, like it's been challenging just to, you know, stay fit, especially when you're in quarantine. And, Most definitely. And, you know, find other hobbies that you like to do mm-hmm. outside of, you know, what you normally do, whether it's your job or it's your sport that you play. So just been venturing around as towards hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. I really picked up like photography. Okay. Yeah, picked up photography as well as like, I've been really busy uh, with this like name change at yeah. Fraser University. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the name is like the clan. And so being a player that's played at Simon Fraser for four years, I've really been trying to change it over my years at SFU. But it obviously, you know, has been pretty stagnant. And so just with this whole like social climate today, with yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that, so I've really been just just going at it, mm-hmm. just going at it with that name change. We've been really getting on like, interviews, doing doing every, all types of stuff yeah. with um, with the school as well as admin. And so we have a petition out. It's got over nine thousand signatures, which is dope. Oh wow! Yeah. So right now, it's we're in a good step. We're in a good stage right now. The school is. Um, taking us, uh, taking our conversation mm-hmm. and they really run with it. They started uh, the name change process. And so we should see something uh, by August. By okay, August. yeah. So. so why don't we jump into that right away. So with the SFU clan name, uh, yeah. was this something you knew you wanted to, you knew you wanted to change when you first got here? Or is this something that developed over the years or, you know, kind of walk us through that? Um, when I first came to SFU, um, I didn't understand how like bad the name could be. Yeah. Like I knew, obviously, I knew what the name like meant, and I knew the origin, the origin of the name was yeah. like, was heritage. Um, but when you play in the NCAA, like and you're going to the states and you try to explain to somebody yeah. that the name means Scottish <laughs> heritage, that's, that's not what they're gonna imagine. Yeah. You know, their first thoughts is obviously a negative connotation mm-hmm. um, with like just like. Anti, anti-black racism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um, it was super conflicting to me over the years. Yeah. Um, over the years, it started to become super conflicting, and I tried to push it uh, in my third in my third year. Okay. I tried to push it um, for a name change, and it was just like stopped by admin uh, mm-hmm. up top, and we really gotten the help of like our ads, uh, yeah, Teresa Hansen, like uh, as well as my coach Steve Hansen. Like, we've really gotten help to push for this name change, but. Back, back uh, a couple years back, it just hasn't been like, you know, it didn't really result. Yeah, because probably during that time, there wasn't this, there wasn't the energy mm-hmm. that we have right now. So yeah. they were probably just like, it's yeah. it's whatever, right? Like, it's not that big a deal. But I think now with so much attention with the Black Lives Matter and the riots and the protests and everything that's happening, I think they can't ignore this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a situation where 
you know, there's pressure on the people up top now. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, what you're doing is amazing with that. And once you, you know, dive into like, when you were saying um, it was kind of like a negative surrounding, like when you would go to the States and people would see that name, like, did you feel that negative energy when you, when you guys traveled to the States and, and things like that, playing games or? Yeah, like the, the vibe was different for sure. It was? It was, it was different for sure. Um, just, I'd say like you're in the airport and like people ask you, you know, who you play for and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't, like I'd be saying like, you know, play sign for Fraser University and they're like, oh, what's your team name? And it's like, uh, it's the clan. Yeah, they're like, what? They're like, what? Like, <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. Like, like, why are you guys named that? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Like, like, in the social climate today, you know, it's a lot of like fuel to the fire mm-hmm. um, and pressure upon like the administration at SFU. Because SFU already like hides their name so much, you never oh, see okay. it. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. You never see it on our jerseys. You never see it on our team gear. It's not mm-hmm. on the team store. Um, it's pretty much just like a name that pops up when we're introduced to, to games and stuff yeah. like that. And so, and, like people want a name that's gonna like come with like pride. You know? Exactly. Like, they can like rock, have swag, mm-hmm. have gear, and all that. So, yeah. But yeah, this. Um, I remember once. Um, we were at, we were in California. We were playing a school, a home team, and there was like at least three thousand people at the gym. Yeah, and they were just like, like they were cheering for the team, for the intros, and like our team was getting introduced. Yeah, and like all you like all you hear is you know the Simon Fraser clan, <laughs> and then <laughs> and you hear the whole crowd go. Like, yeah, like, wait, the crowd like completely their soul out and they're just like completely yeah. silent. It's like what? Like, like that's y'all yeah. name? Like, yeah. so I was just like, shit. Like, you know, something needs to change. Something yeah, needs to like, change. <laughs> Not for sure. So once this thing like got started to pick up steam, um, yeah. what was the like? How did the process start for you to you know to get it to where it is now? Like, what was the from like the first step to where things are now? Man, the first step, like, I just remember um, myself and uh, Teresa Hansen and a couple other ad- administration um, leaders at SFU, we were actually collaborating on ideas on how to help student athletes of color mm-hmm. um, and support them during this time, yeah. as well as in the future, how can they better themselves. And um, the first Met, like the first thing on that list was this name change um, mm-hmm. and so excuse me and so basically the, um, we myself and my friend Marie we, we started this petition yeah. um, to change this name mm-hmm. and we included a whole lot of context between the whole historical context of the name yeah this context that's used at the school as well as how it's conflicting yeah with athletes of color and athletes from the states. Yeah. And being, you know, an NCAA school, you have athletes from the states that are, you know, normally going to be at your school. Yeah. Um, as well as um, you have like athletes of color for sure, um, like any other school. So, yeah. um, we did this like petition, and we didn't expect it to have so many signatures. We expected like a thousand or something. Yeah. Like that. You yeah. know, like somewhat like moderately low, mm-hmm. um, just like local support, but it really caught fire. Um, with the media, okay, yeah. yeah, like a lot of um, a lot of people had reached out to us about this like name change, and we were on interviews with like CTV, mm-hmm. Sydney News, CBC, Global, like they were all yeah, yeah they were all just reaching out. TSN, 
um, did an interview with TSN Radio, and um, I think the one that I loved the most was actually the Park Journal. Uh, they okay, reached yeah. out to me, and they asked me to write a narrative for my experiences yeah. um, with this name and like how this name can be conflicting mm -hmm. uh, to me. And I think like that narrative really represents the student athlete experience yeah. of um, having the burden of being like eight, 18, 19, or 20, yeah. you know, trying to explain this name, carrying this burden that's outside of like your academics, outside of your, like, your scale, outside yeah. of like your performance for your games, the mental capacity that you need to do all those things, and now you're adding on this. And yeah. it's, it's more, it's, it's a lot of people think it's very minuscule, but mm -hmm. it can be like pretty conflicting. It can be weaponized easily, yeah. as well as like, you know, traumatizing. Uh, for for sure, for for athletes of color, especially from the states, you know, like, like I, I always give people the example. Like, imagine your coach is imagine imagine your coach is like recruiting somebody from the states. They're of color. Yeah. Um, they love the school. They come to the school for a visit, and they're explaining that the team name is the Clan, <laughs> and and that let's say that person like yeah. in their family has had encounters with the KKK. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like. Well, like, you know, like that, that for that person is like completely different than, than what yeah. other people, other people encounter or perceive as. Mm -hmm. And so like with all due, like respect to Scottish heritage, it's just like, you know, this name is, this name can be very conflicting, very yeah. negative uh, for certain kinds of people. Especially for people like, you know, me and you and, mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, a lot of athletes yeah. from the States or from wherever. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people of color who, mm. you know, they're going to be recruiting for football, basketball, or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? So, definitely having that name kind of, especially now when you're going to recruit someone, like, you know, why would I want to be an SFU clan member, you know what I mean? Or a clansman, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, whatever, you know, you know what, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for me, like, thinking about it, I definitely think, like, like, before all, all this with the protests and everything, like, I do think, like, that should have been changed way, way back. Way way back. Because, <laughs> like, just the name itself, you know, it, it gives a weird vibe. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and the negative surroundings around that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I am a little surprised that that hadn't been changed for for how many years. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that you made the first step in pushing this into a positive light and, you know, putting pressure on the people in power to make this change. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you said, a team name is, you know, something that, you know, you want to stand for, you want to represent, you know, that has pride, you know, a positive, positive light on it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely having that in the steam you've picked up and with all this media outlets, you know, and getting, getting that message out, you know, I think that's amazing. And, you know, I commend you, you know, for all the work you're doing. Appreciate so. that. Thank you. And, you know, for the people, you know, how, how can they... For people who don't know, uh, didn't know that this thing was getting changed or anything like that, but for the people who do want to help, um, what can they do now to you know to help you push this thing through? Yeah, well, um, first of all, like sign the petition. Um, on the the petition has like a whole email template as well. That yeah, you can, like, copy and paste and send. But actually, um, uh, this coming week we're going to be having uh, an open letter okay. uh, from our school union, uh, so that's going to be sent. And shared and yeah. basically what representatives can do what advocates can do is they can basically copy and paste uh, yeah. the email template 
put their signature at the bottom um, and send it off to the, to the school. Um, okay. So there's, there's certain represent, uh, representatives that are on that email list. Yeah. And so basically all you gotta do is copy and paste, put your name on it um, and send it. But it's gonna be, um, it's, it's great, it's a great push because it's coming from the school union. Yeah, so it's exactly. being supported by all these student groups in mm -hmm. the school. Um, and so once you have that collective group, you know, it's like majority wins type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just continue to apply pressure. Yeah. Um, I think like something that um, my friends and my dad has been telling me is like, you know, like continue to apply pressure. Like don't, don't, don't be, you know, quiet about it. Yeah. Don't let it quiet down just because they say they're going to change it. It hasn't been changed yet. Exactly. And so that's why like for myself, like I'm not celebrating much right now. Mm -hmm. Although the school is saying, you know, they're taking it to account and they're in this name change process, which is a big step. Yeah. It's still not the end result that we want. Know, because they could do all this talking and then just let it simmer down and it, all of a sudden nothing happens. Exactly. So you got to continue to apply pressure for that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And what I find is with with the people in power, I'm just talking in a general term, but I yep. feel like with people in, in power, once you take that, you, you take your foot off the gas a little bit, yep. you know, I feel like that's when they can find a way to like manipulate or exactly yeah, yeah. And like try and take the take the view on what's really happening to something else you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. and then i you know i also feel with the protests why this time is different than other times is mm -hmm. i think the other times i think it was a moment mm -hmm. you know and moments pass and i think where we are right now i think this is a time and we have the whole world's attention and i think what we're doing right now is our foot our foot's right on the gas like we're not taking that off and i think before you know we do all we do all these protests we'd you know exert all this energy into that but i feel like maybe after a few months we, we eased up yeah and things went back to what they were so you know 100 percent agree with you know keep applying pressure keeping mm -hmm. your foot on the gas and not allowing them to have room to breathe and you know take you know allow them to you know beat around the bush yeah. you know what i mean so well, like you think about it, like the world's basically on pause right now. Mm -hmm. And like all those movements before, um, whether it was racial inequality, whether it was systemic racism or police brutality, um, the world was still moving and the world was still going. So people have to go to work, yeah. people have to pay attention to other things, fortunately. But um, with COVID, and I think this is, I think, you know, I really see like, when things happen like this, I see like blessings and I see like lessons as well. Yeah. And so I think a, a low key, a blessing for COVID was just like, everybody was at home and you have nothing else to do, but look at your social media, you know? Mm -hmm. You have nothing else to do to do all these different things. And with this with this Black Lives Matter movement, um, it's become like a history, like a timestamp in history. Yeah. And um, you, you can't ignore it because it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. You can't go back to work because you don't work right now. Yeah. You know? and. So these people have so much time on their hands now. Mm -hmm. And it gives people a lot of opportunity to, to educate themselves. Exactly, yeah. Um, to, to advocate for others, mm -hmm. as well as um, joining these movements and trying to fight for what's right. Because before you were a busybody, you know, and like with COVID, now everyone's kind of stagnant. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of like joining this movement. Everybody's trying to learn about this movement. What What is the history? Why is it so wrong? Like. Why are people fighting like this? Yeah. And so um, with the whole like name change, 
this whole social climate, like everybody's just applying pressure. Um, everyone wants to say this is like cancel culture, but um, at the same time, like we're just we're just looking for equality and equity. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like people are like, oh, why are they canceling this? Why are they canceling the name? Like yeah. it's Scottish heritage. Like you don't understand. And I'm like, well, I do understand, but I think other people have to take to account. Um, the perspectives of others that do not look like themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, think about, you know, instead of thinking like, what's me, what do I think? Or uh, instead, instead of doing that, you, you look at like a person like myself, and it's like, I wonder what he experiences mm -hmm. as a student athlete, because like maybe that person is not even part of the school yeah. or whatever. It's like, you know, I wonder how he experiences this. I'll yeah. Take, I'll take a look, you know, and like a lot of people come in with like, um, soft hearts and others come in with hard heads yeah and they just you know come with their own perspective but yeah due to this like social climate and this whole like covid thing like everybody everybody's just like turning heads because yeah. you can't do anything else right it's, it's in your face. Yeah. instagram <laughs> twitter and like the craziest part is like people think this this movement's slowing down it's not it's mm -hmm. just not being um advertised by the media anymore exactly it's yeah. not you know, it was a hot topic for a while, but they're, you know, they're trying to move on to other things. Mm -hmm. Like, there's still protests going on every day, like, in, in the States. You know everywhere, what I mean? Yeah. Everywhere. Especially, like, Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, New York as well. And, like, people need to understand that, like, these things aren't slowing down. It's just the media's not covering it, so exactly. you just gotta look for it. That's why I look to Twitter, man. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's everything right now. It's got all the information. Twitter's right. the real news. You want real news, you go to Twitter, man. No, Most nothing's, definitely. Nothing's being, you know, covered up for you. Yeah. Twitter's like pure truth. No, 100%. Uh, what, do you, what do you say to the people who say racism only exists in the state and, and not in Canada? What do you say to those people? <laughs> I say, uh, um, if you live in Vancouver, um, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion, mm -hmm. but uh, Vancouver is just gentrification, just 2.0. Yeah. yeah. You think about it, um, people people who, who live here are, are more of the, the upper class. Yeah. Um, folks who are, who are colored and don't have that intergenerational wealth yeah. that is developed through your grandparents and your grandparents' grandparents. Yeah, and all those different things. See, we don't have that. <laughs> we don't have that. So when you're in Vancouver, like you have a lot of folks that were, you know, that are living here that are majority <laughs> demographic is like white and Chinese and yeah, a little bit of brown. But like black people is one point seven percent in the greater Vancouver area. It's small. It's small. Man. It's small. It's small. And so like I'm not just saying black people. I'm saying indigenous people. All people of color. Yeah. Um, it's like there's such a minute um, demographic or like percentage and so um, I say you you want to take a look in your own backyard and kind of analyze like what you see mm -hmm. um, I want like take a take a read of my article and if you think but if you think racism doesn't exist in Canada then I think you have to ask yourself the question like why would someone like scrape the n-word with their key on the side of my car with mm -hmm. you know with that and I live in Burnaby so right, like, like everybody's like, oh, Burnaby safe. I'm like, I don't know about that. You know no. what I mean? You know? So I think people are like, Canada has racism. It's just camouflaged. Yeah. And so um, America has out, like, com like out overt racism mm -hmm. as well as 
um, camouflage racism. I, I don't know like the terminology for it, but it's kind of just like in the dark, you know. Yeah. It's under it's under the rug. We had challenging time, just not having that support from from the from the police. You know, that's someone you're supposed to be able to reach out at any yeah. time when you yeah. feel uneasy or yeah. you know something like that happens and the way they handle that is not surprised honestly um <laughs> <laughs> at this point i'm really not um but you know it's an eye-opener for people like you know these things happen and you know i think it's a lot of you know i think it's a lot of white people who don't really understand like what we go through on a daily basis or what even having that key into your car what that even feels like mm -hmm. you know what i mean and mm -hmm. i don't think they'll they'll ever understand fully yeah. to its fullest form but you know i think that's where educating yourself and having just that compassion as a human being like mm -hmm. to, to know having that like integrity and yeah like yeah. compassion for one another exactly like <laughs> to to cate categorize that as car mischief i think yeah. that's just crazy like <laughs> <laughs> but you know thank god the mayor got involved and mm -hmm. he took the necessary steps to handle this situation so you know god bless for that but um you know after that like you were saying you know you were kind of uneasy after that and you know had some trust issues and and things of that nature like did you find when whatever might have been like with people on your team who whoever you were dealing with who was not of color did you feel that uneasiness even though you know they're good people but did you just feel that uneasiness um not as much with my teammates because i i think we developed like a really trustful yeah. relationship like i remember when it happened i i put it in my team group chat i was like yo guys like i'm gonna be late for a meeting today like just dealing with this and they were like they all reached out like immediately mm -hmm. you know and like yeah, like, I, I didn't really feel like that uneasy feeling with, you know, people who aren't of color, mm -hmm. um, I guess. Um, so it was it was still like super, a super, you know, supportive environment at SFU with my, my brothers and my, yeah. my dudes on my team. Yeah, so, no, not so much. Yeah, no, I feel you in. And what about people that you were new, you, you were newly introduced to, or you were newly interacting mm -hmm. with? Did that play a factor or anything, or? Oh, were you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I kind of, I kind of like really like I'm a really social guy. Yeah. But I, I started to become more, way more of an introvert, mm -hmm. um, especially around like folks outside of my team, within athletics. I just, I just didn't deal with nobody. Like I, I yeah. didn't really like. Um, like if you were my friends, like you were my friends, but like I didn't really like talk to many people outside yeah. of that, you know. I was just about my business. Cause mm -hmm. I had enough to handle. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Your plate like full. I got plates plates full, like I got like papers to write. Mm -hmm. The next morning you have lifts and then you have class and then after that you have practice. And after practice I'm going to like a body shop, like trying to negotiate a price <laughs> for, for my car to get yeah, and, like <laughs> and like and then I gotta deal with like you know, five cases, and then I got to deal with an interview with with the detective, or sorry, not detective, but an officer. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so it's it's all like that's all a lot, and that's 
all like one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't have time for anything, for anything else. No, exactly. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, I don't have time for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you just like, yeah, just staying like more of an introvert mm-hmm. is like my thing. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel you. So where we are right now in, in this state, where do you, what do you think the next, the next steps are as a, as a whole, as a community, you know, to keep, to keep progressing and to keep um, applying pressure, like, what do you think the next steps are? Because you know, like you said, social media—that thing's gonna—it's gonna—it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna yeah, fade out. It's gonna fade out. It's gonna sure. fade out. So, what's the what's the next steps? Like, how do people keep applying pressure? I think I think people need to understand that it's okay. It's not okay just not to be racist. Like, it has to be anti-racist. Like, yeah. you, have to, you have to be an advocate for anti-racism. There's and no, there's no in between. Yeah, you're, you're on the between. You're either hot or cold. There's no sitting on the fence with this. Yeah. Um, you know, and so with everything like going on and like after the next steps i feel like you know just continuing to advocate um, for others like really trying to like be that be the person that really like just teaches and educates and Mm -hmm. um doesn't take you know any any crap from yeah from whatever people may say or what institutions may bring and like this is i feel like this is such a great point for us because like we're like a part of this like like activist generation Mm-hmm. Um, of of being part of social movements and understanding how much power and influence you have with your voice. Yeah. As like one person, like you gotta understand that like there is so much more, like there's so much influence and power within the words that you speak. Um, mm-hmm. And so that can either, you know, uplift and encourage or that can defile and like destroy. Yeah. And so people gotta understand that as well as like, you know, just teach your kids, man. Like a lot of a lot of people try to avoid the situations by going with excuses such as um, oh we don't see color or anything like that. Like just teach your kids the history, like teach your kids the hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that you know there is this world was built on brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, that the foundations of the police system are, were inherently racist. Like people think just like in the police the police system and the states was made just to capture slaves and keep them yeah um, keep them like you know acting accordingly exactly. as slaves um, on their plantation and RCM and the RCMP was actually created to you know police indigenous people yeah right, and people of color to keep them on their reserves that was it that was that was the invention of these yeah. things right and so you gotta you gotta really like taking those things to account mm-hmm. like that's embedded in the foundation yeah the roots of like these kind of things these justice systems and so that's why i i encourage people to really to really think about these um like other people's uh perspectives yeah or experiences with police because you're not might, might not be the same like if i'm talking to a dude who's like 30 he's white yeah lives in west van and he's like you know i've really dealt with like the police and they've been great for me they've been great for my community and stuff like that I'm not gonna have the same experience. Yeah, because, exactly. Like, just it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and I think you have to understand that, acknowledge it, and also educate, it. like educate mm-hmm. others about it, so that we are moving forward from this. We're not like being stagnant, like yeah. you see from um, the killings of black men. Like you see, the people are um, reposting these images that were that were posted in like 2007, that are posted in like 1990. Yeah. Like stop killing us, you know. Stop lynching us, you know. And all these different things, yeah. and and, it, and we're here in 2020, and it's the, it's the same thing today. So like, I feel like for us to like move forward, 
everyone has to play a part. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so everybody's played a part. And I think it's not enough to say I'm not racist. Like, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And, you know, you might, you might in your core not be racist, but I think a lot of people have racist tendencies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing that needs to be broken, is these racist tendencies. And, you know, you know, people saying I'm not a racist, like I got black friends, like, you know how many times have we heard that, like? <laughs> uh, a lot, man, a lot, a lot. I think, I think people have to be able to, to listen. Mm -hmm. um, I think listening is probably one of the best skills a human can have. Like, yeah. um, I've really grown um, over my years here to just to, to increase my skills of listening and being um, understanding to like what a person's perspective may be mm -hmm. because everyone wants to flow there throw out their opinion like instead of reacting let's respond yeah so like let's listen let's listen to what this person has to say because valid like I'm still gonna listen to your to your to whatever you have to say regardless if you're right wrong or or if it's controversial to what I believe, yeah. what I value. And so I think people really need to like take that time to like be like, listen, listen. like although you're saying you're not racist, just listen to what somebody has to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like listen to what maybe a person of color is experiencing from you, even though you're saying you're not racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like if, I, if, if your friend is saying something that's controversial and you're saying like, yo, like, I don't think you should say that, that person's like, but I'm not racist. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, we, we get you're not. So yeah. let's try and better that. Exactly. Let's try and better that. Just listen, just listen. So, so yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, when you say, um, you know, people need to educate themselves, do you think that it should be implemented into school curriculums and from elementary school all the way up to, to high school and university and things like that? Of course. Mm -hmm. Like, I think um, black history really needs to be taught indigenous history needs to be taught the right way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like, within within Canada, like, we learn about, um, like, when I, I'm from Ontario, so, yeah. like, being in high school, like, I learned uh, just, just a little bit about, like, indigenous lives. And, Very and, little, yeah. And I used to call them, like, natives, and I was that's just like... A, that's what I call them, yeah. yeah. But, but at the same time, like, you know, that's not, that's, that's not as respectful as, as mm -hmm. saying indigenous or... Um, First Nations or Aboriginal, um, Aboriginal people, yeah. people and um, I remember being in my first year and I took a First Nations class mm -hmm. and I was shocked like by the by the history of not only British Columbia but Canada behind like how natives have been taught tre treated yeah and been strangled to like oh you want your own land you want your reserve here take your reserve yeah. no universities near you no schools near you outside yeah. of the reserve. If you want to like go into, uh, and this was back in like, I forget, I forget, this is back yeah. in history, but like they had like the um, the Indian Act, which was like mm -hmm. basically if a, a person of indigenous descent or was identified yeah. as, as Aboriginal and they went off their reserve to marry somebody else, their, their right for being Aboriginal was taken away yeah. race. And it's just like, it's just, it's horrible because um, these people were literally strangled and now they don't have trust in the government. And you, yeah. people, people wonder why, and I'm like, yo, just read the history. Yeah. <laughs> if you have history like that, I would definitely have trust issues. <laughs> I definitely have trust issues. So, like, um, yeah, so like people really need to understand like these histories and what is so wrong about Canada. 
Um, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging, I think it's way better to acknowledge your mistakes than to acknowledge like the mistakes of the nation that you live in so it doesn't repeat itself. Exactly. You know, people just say, oh, let's just forget about it. No, <laughs> we acknowledge it, it happened, we're gonna learn about it, we're gonna teach our kids about it so that our kids will be better than us. Exactly. Right? We, we always want our, gen our next generation to be better than us and I think that people really need to take that into account. Yeah. Um, especially with like black, um, with the black history and even like black education in Vancouver, especially in Vancouver. If you got 1.7% of your population being black, I really <laughs> encourage you to learn about black people. Yeah. So that your assumptions <laughs> don't become your education. No. Like, <laughs> like your assumptions cannot become your education, man. Like that that's a key point. Like put a dig on it. Like yeah. <laughs> do not do not assume and then take your assumptions and say this is fact. You know what I mean? Like, whatever you see on social media, whatever you see on yeah. TV, like, you have to read it first. You have to learn about it to make sure it's fact-checked. It's factual, yeah. It's factual. Like, I don't want to see kids wearing do-rags, like, <laughs> out in Vancouver, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. These yeah. are microaggressions. <laughs> I think the craziest thing was, you know, in elementary school and even in the high school, I think the only time I learned about black history was when they gave us an assignment and were like, you know, write a write a report on someone who's inspirational to you. That's the only time I learned Damn. about it. Isn't that crazy though? Like, so that was me oh my teaching gosh. teaching myself on, you know, my on our past history. And, you know, I did reports on Nelson Mandela, Rosa Parks, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and because you know, you get those yeah. type of assignments all through. So, you know, I think I think I was like grade six or grade seven, and I, I asked my teacher, I was like, and it was February, I'm like, yo, like, why, do, why don't we learn about black history? Because I was the only black kid in the class as well, so, and I think in that school as well. <laughs> but, you know, that, it was a genuine question. I'm like, why is the only time I learn about this when you guys give, give us a report to write about someone who's inspirational? And the crazy thing was they didn't have an answer to reply back, and I was young at the time, so obviously I'm not gonna, yeah, you know, say anything. Exactly. But you know, thinking about it now, like it's crazy to me. Like, <laughs> and you would think that, you know, a university institution would be better than that. Exactly, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's like, not. like over my years at SFU, we haven't celebrated Black History in February at, over my four years, and it had to take me to ask the question or me to create a conversation about it mm -hmm. being like you guys should implement black history at SFU um, and at SFU athletics especially yeah like you know you're black athletes who already marginalized within the school community exactly yeah um, make them feel welcome you know what I mean reach out to them this is why like we call equity and not just equality like, yeah this is this is creating a system that is just for yeah. all um, and so yeah like that is that is something that um, I really it, had to fight for um, during my last year. Yeah, um, and now now they will be like you know teaching, but it's 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 sad because like a lot of people don't acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. You know what they I don't. mean? And rightfully so. If you have no black people in your population, then why would you yeah, acknowledge? Exactly. It? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's funny how um, 
you know, they think they, you know, they, they give us a month and they think that's good enough. You know what I mean? I, that's one of the things that, you know, piss you off. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so ignorant, like. Right. Like, I really think that, like, you know, black history doesn't stop in February. Like, no. everyone's, and it's not just black history. Like, everybody thinks it's, like, you know, oh, like, oh you guys want, want all these different things. You want all these different requests. And I'm like, well, sorry, sir, but yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know my generation. Like, I don't know, I don't know my family heritage. Exactly. Like, in a sense, where because they've been destroyed, mm-hmm. they've been lineage. Like, like the lineage is gone. You know what I mean? Like, you go people in the states and they all have last name Smith. You know, yeah. Like all these different things, Smith, like uh, Walters, yeah. stuff like that. You think you think that's their actual last name? <laughs> no, sir. That's the plantation owner. Yeah, like, <laughs> they took that no, name. Sir, that's the plantation owner. Thank you. So, like, I really, I really think that um, people really need to understand that you know all we all we want is equal equity, mm-hmm. equality, justice. That's so, it. You know, the yeah. the things that come with human rights. 100% and you know the, the worst thing dog they gave us the shortest month too like they, they gave us the shortest month <laughs> jokes on you it's a leap year no that's funny man yeah. but you know like you said I think people need to constantly educate themselves mm-hmm. I think they need to you know the best they can try and put themselves in our our shoes and just see what see the things that we're seeing yeah and you know, I think just as a community, just as a human, you know, human race, I think we, we just all need to continue to stick together, continue to support each other, have that compassion and love and, you know, just continue educating, you know, being there for, for one another and just keep progress in this thing. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, like you say, you know, when you break this down to its simplest, simplest form, you know, what are we asking? Like, we're just, we're just asking for you know, equal opportunities and stop killing us. That, that's it, that, that's literally it, like, you know, and yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. you know, the, a great way how I look at it is what, you know, how I see it, I think, you know, everyone's running, you know, like everyone's running a 100 meter dash, but we're not running that, you know, they're making us run a 400 meter while everyone's running. Yeah, running we gotta catch up. You know what I mean? We gotta so, catch up. So I think it's just, you know, we gotta continue bringing light to this. We gotta continue educating each other, and mm-hmm. you know, just continue being there for for one another.